Amen, amen. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Come on now. We welcome all those watching online, wherever you're at. We welcome you to stop in, be our guest. If you're ever in our area, we'd love to have you be with us here in person. We're glad and thankful that you're watching online as well. God bless you today. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Uh, turn to somebody and say, get ready for the word today. Where we're talking today, we're going to start and, and, and uh, I want to finish the thought I started last week on believe the best, believe the best. You know, why do we always expect the worst outcome? You ever notice that really quick to expect the worst? This will never happen. I'll never love again. I'll never get hired. I'll never get promoted. I'll never get a raise. I'll never find love again. This will never work out. I'll never get a new house. I'll never get a new car. I'll never, never, I'll never, come on, Tim. I'll never break 90 on the golf course. All these things, all these nevers, all these nevers. But how many know that God doesn't want us to expect the worst? He wants us to learn to expect the best. Why? Because he gave his best. He wants us to expect the best. You know, many people, they worry over so many things in their life. Always worrying, always worrying. And for being honest, probably 90% of the things we're worried about never come to pass. They never happen. But we spend our life dominated by worry. And let me just tell you, there's people filled up all the hospitals in the area are filled up with people. Many of them are there because they have simply worried themselves to death. They are right there. They're sick because they allow stress and worry to overtake their physical. And now it's manifesting out into their physical body. There, there's a reason why God doesn't want us carrying heavy burdens. Why he doesn't want us walking around carrying worry. Because he wants to say, God, you're in control. God, you got it. Because it lifts our burdens and it allows us to live our lives so much better. Let's start believing God for his best. Last week, we talked about when it comes to believing God for the best, it starts with yourself. You got to learn to believe God for yourself. Too many Christians believe in Jesus, but don't believe in what he says about you. You got to believe what he says about you. You are called. You are chosen people. You are a blessed nation. You are a blessed people. God wants to bless you. God wants to restore you. You are more than a sum total of your mistakes in your life. But God's calling you up to live at a higher level. Come on, Destiny Church. Let's raise up to a higher level. Let's believe God's best in ourselves, and let's believe God's best about others. Write that down. We got to learn to believe the best about others. Such an important part. I can tell you that over the years that I have learned to put this principle. I'm not just sharing something with you that I had a, a quick thought, but this is a lifetime message for me. Over 30 years in ministry, I, I've ran into all types of people. I've ministered to all types of people. I've had all types of people under my leadership. And I can tell you that God has helped me over the years to develop the principle of believing the best in people. There's been many people that I begin to believe in and use and people are like, why are you using them? Do you know what they did? I'm like, yes, I do. Isn't that awesome how God restores and God redeems? See, the problem with most church people is we forget how messed up we were before Jesus. We forget how many mistakes we made before Jesus. 
and how God used us anyway, and God redeemed us. And so uh, let's be people who believe the best in others. Let's call out the best in others. Listen, people tend to rise to our belief about them. This is so true. I can tell you that, yes, once in a while, you'll have somebody who lets you down. Once in a while, you'll have somebody who, who, who fails at this. But most part, I have recognized probably a, just a quick survey of my own life, 75 to 80% of the people that I believe the best in have always risen to that point. Always. I believe better in them than what they were, and they always begin to rise to that point. It's a, a point of people will naturally gravitate to what you believe in them and call them toward. It's the same principle. This is why I love coaching. I love coaching my kids when they were younger. We coached them in all different kinds of sports. And I love, Tim, I love them when we can like be with a young child who's there. Now, we all know there's the, that one kid who comes out of the, the womb carrying a football. It's like, hey, mom, touchdown. You know what I'm talking about. They come out hitting home runs, scoring touchdowns, shooting three-pointers right out, right out of the gate. <laughs> They're there. They naturally got it, but for a lot of kids, they don't have that coordination yet, and they're kind of awkward, and mom makes them sign up, and they don't want to sign up, but you're going to sign up. I don't want to. You're going to. They got thrown out there on the baseball team or the basketball team, football, whatever it is, and as a coach, it's so cool to see the transformation in these small children because many of them are not that coordinated or have any idea, but as a coach, every day you're calling out good things out of them. You're calling out the best out. Oh, man, you're getting better. Oh, you're getting stronger. Oh, I didn't know you was that mean. Oh, I didn't know you had that in you. Oh, you're better than what you thought. Look at you today. You know, you're patting them on the back and you're calling good things out of them. And you see their confidence slowly growing. They get to the game and they have no idea how to hold a bat and you show them how to hold the bat. You know, and bend their legs and keep their elbow up and tuck and swing through the ball. And the, the first pitch comes and they close their eyes and they swing before the ball has ever left the pitcher's hand. Strike. And the next one they swing after it's way past them and they strike out and they come over to the sidelines. You're like, oh man, you got the prettiest swing. I know you struck out, but man, you got a pretty swing. Keep your head up, keep looking at the ball because you were really, really close. You almost did it. Next strike out the next time. Oh, you're even closer this time. You're going to get it really soon. You're doing good. And they get up there. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon they're kind of like, you know, up there swinging the hips a little bit, kind of loose. And like, yeah. Spitting the chewing gum right there on the side. And they swing and they tip the ball, goes foul. And then they strike out and they come over. You're like, yeah, you hit the ball. You did awesome, man. You made contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next time they get up, they hit it. And it goes like two foot in front of them. But it goes right there. And you're looking and the, the catcher and the third baseman's looking for it to go foul. And it doesn't roll foul. It stays about an inch from going foul. And they get to the face, first base, and get their first base hit. The kid's going crazy. Mom and dad are going crazy. The coach is going crazy. You did it. You did it. You did it. And all of a sudden, the kid just starts making contact, hitting the ball. Why? Because you just instilled confidence in them. It's easy as we call out in them, you just see them grow. Listen, can I say we never outgrow that? We all need someone to come along beside you and say, I believe in you. I believe in you. You can do better. You can do this. God's got great things for you. Keep your head up. Life is going to turn around. God's going to bring something better into your life. I believe God's got something great for you. Church, let's be a people who believe in others. If you want to have a great and healthy marriage, you got to believe in your spouse. 
You got to choose to believe the best in your spouse. You can sit around focusing on what you hate, or you can sit around calling out what you love, honoring what you love. Come on now, it will change your marriage. You have to choose to believe the best about your boss. Oh, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. But you got to go in, choosing to believe. Maybe he's under stress from the owner. Maybe the reason why he's being so hard on us is he's about to lose his job if we don't pick up productivity. We got to pick up the quota. We got to do this. That's why they're being mean to us. Maybe I should come in and be a little more sympathetic to him and honoring her, whoever it is. You have to choose to believe the best about people who have blown it. Choose to believe. Look at Romans 12, 9 and 10. Don't just pretend. Oh, we're good at that, aren't we, church? Come on. Pretend to love others. Really do it, man. Really love them. And look what it says. Hate what is wrong. That's all right to hate what's wrong about them. That's all right to not despise that. That's all right. I don't like that about you. But it says in the reverse, but hold tightly to what is good. Hold on to that now. Love each other with a genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. We'll get back to that word honoring in just a few minutes, but we got to realize that we're called to hate what is bad and to hold tightly to what is good. As Christians, this is your job is to look at other people and say, I don't like the mistakes you made. I not, I don't care for this other area of your life because you're messing up. But listen, I see the good in you and I'm going to focus on the good. I'm going to focus in on the good that God's doing in your life. I'm going to focus on the good. I'm going to focus on the strong things. Listen, if you always nag your spouse about the bad they're doing, they will do even worse. But when you concentrate on bragging and honoring about the one thing they're doing right, oh, daddy put on his socks today and they both match. Come on, kids, let's get that a hand clap. Hallelujah. Yeah, I did put them on right. Yeah, yeah. So kids, it's all in the technique. You slide, pull, release. All right, there. You know, leave it to dads, right? I'll get the trash, honey. You know, ooh, look at Daddy's strong muscles, but kids, he picked up that trash with one arm, carried it out to the trash can. I mean, focus on the good. Focus on the good. Don't, don't gripe about and be dominated by why the bad. Look on the good. He says to hold tightly. As Christians, we're called to find the good. Hey, you may have made some mistakes, but I see past the mistakes, and I see the goodness of God inside of you. I see the goodness of God wanting to come out of you. I see the goodness of God. His favor wants to be upon you. You're more than the sum total of your mistakes. God's got a good future for you. God's got a good advantage for you. Hang on now and call it out of people. Speak it. Your words have the power of life and death. Speak life into people. Call out the goodness of God out of them. Hold tightly to the goodness. Well, they're really controlling. That person's really, really controlling. Could it be they're just detailed-oriented? And thank God that he sent someone in your life who can keep the details together because God knows you can't. Come on now. We all need people. We call them administrators, right? We all need those people. To come along and keep our details lined up and keep us where we need to be. Well, they're just demanding. Could it be they see your potential? The reason why they're demanding more out of you because they see more in you than you see in yourself. Maybe they see that your boss sees that here is a future boss. 
Here is a future leader. Here is a future starter. The reason why a coach is so hard on you, he sees you better than where you are. The reason why the teacher's hard on you, she sees you better than where you are. He sees you better for what you can be. The reason why your boss, your spouse, sometimes people are hard on us because they're trying to take us and elevate us to a different level. Don't always assume the worst. They just don't like me. No, they love you. That's why they're pulling at you. They don't trust me. Yeah, they do. They want to build that trust. They're trying to build something. You know, a handful of years ago, I was at a gas station. I was getting some gas, and I noticed a guy who looked like maybe he was homeless going around and kind of hitting people up for money. I got done, and I went over and parked my car next door at the restaurant next door. And as I got out of my car, this guy saw me and was making a beeline toward my car. And I got out, and I act like I didn't see him at first. I started speeding up, and he started speeding up. You know, ever been there, done that? And so, he's like, hey! I'm like, hey, buddy, how can I help you? He goes, man, I am starving. He, he goes, can, can, could you spare a few bucks for me to get something to eat? I said, I'll, I'll do better than that. I said, how about you come on in here and eat with me, and I'll buy your food. How about that? Are you, are you serious? I said, yeah, man, come on in. Oh, man, I can't believe it. So we went in. I went to the front of the line. I said, listen, this is my buddy. I called him a name. He said, whatever he wants, you give it to him today. It's on me. So he goes, is it all right if I get the three meat combo? I go, buddy, you can have all you want. Great, I'll have the three meat combo. And I'll have extra egg rolls. And I'll have the fried rice, not the white rice. And he ordered everything he could. And he was so proud to be ordering. You can just tell, just him up here ordering, not worrying about how he was going to pay for it. You can just see his, his dignity coming back to him really fast. And he, he got his food. He went to sit down. And we sit down right next to him, me and a couple of my kids. And we're eating dinner. And he, this is no lie. He'd eat that food. It was hot summer days. So he'd go. <laughs> That's how it sounded. <laughs> Shoveling it in about three bites at a time. And then he'd stop and lay back and savor it all and go, <sighs> and then, <sighs> the, <sighs> you can just tell he's, he was enjoying every single bite of this meal. We're having some small talk and we're just enjoying our lunch together. And pretty soon he gets serious at the end of his meal and says, hey, can I tell you something? I said, yeah. He goes, I didn't used to always be this way. He goes, but about three years ago, my my wife died, and he goes, and I just, just run my life. I've been, I've been a wreck. I lost my job, lost my house, and I've just been an emotional wreck. And he goes, but thank you today letting me know someone cares. Thank you for taking time today just to let me know that someone cares for me. And I said, buddy, God loves you. Prayed with them and just told them it was okay. And, and I shared to say this, that it very, could have been very easy for me just to automatically assume the worst. There's so many people who are running scams in the city and holding up signs in the city. And listen, there's plenty of places that'll feed people if they're hungry. They'll get them work. They'll get them off the street. Usually the people that are holding a sign on the, on the corner are usually people who don't want to go to those places. They just want a free handout. That's the sad truth. Because I know a lot of this inside information about our city, I can be very prejudiced sometimes and not pray about it. God, do you want me to help this person or not? You know, and as this guy came close in my spirit, I felt like God really wanted me to, to be a blessing that day. And I, I was so glad I did. I didn't assume the worst. My mind wanted to automatically assume the worst, that he's just a scam. He's probably, you know, just going to take any money I give him, whatever. No, he, 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 God wanted me to, to be his hands and feet that day. 
And if I just go around assuming the worst about people, I'll miss out on opportunities to show God's love, to show the best in people, and to bring a healing and a smile to people's faces. Uh, we've got to learn to be honoring. He says we hold tight. We're honoring the people. We need to believe the best, even, even if we're wrong. Why? Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God so loved the world, even when we didn't reject, even when we rejected him, that he gave his best for us, his son. That's the way Jesus honored us. That's the way the Father honored us. He gave his best. Romans 12, 18, look what it says. If it possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on everybody else, right? No. What's it say? As far as it depends on you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you and me. If it's possible for you, are you hearing me? If it is possible for you, live at peace with everyone. Not I live at peace to those who honor me. I live at peace with those who vote like me. I live at peace for those who believe the Bible like me. I live at peace for those who have the same color of skin as me. I live at peace with those who have an education like me. No, he says, everyone. I'm to live at peace if possible when it comes to my end. Of I cannot control somebody else. I can only control me. And God says, I want you to live at peace. Why? Because he says, I don't want you living under a heavy burden, always assuming the worst about people. They will never change. They'll never do any good. They'll never believe God. They'll never do this. They'll never. And we have all these preconceived ideas and then they contaminate our mind. And then we have hurtful speech that comes out. We have negative words that come out. We make negative posts. We comment on negative posts. We like negative posts. We speak cursing over our life instead of operating in blessing. Because as for me, I'm not responsible for everybody else. I'm only responsible for the man in the mirror. Come on now. You're only responsible for the woman in the mirror. Come on. Come on now. You know you want to. That's who you are responsible for. I can't make an excuse. Well, if they would change, I would change. No, no, no. Come on. Remember what Rocky said? <laughs> if you can change, we can change. The world can change. It starts with me, right? Come on now. It starts with me. If I will change. Oh, I don't think you understand. How about this? If I change, my spouse will change. If me and my spouse will change, our children will change. I don't know why. My children are all out of chaos and disorder, no respect. They don't honor anybody, always fighting. Honey, <laughs> always fighting with your spouse, never honoring your spouse. Then you wonder why your children don't honor you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that didn't cost a thing today. You got that for free. He stepped on your toes for free today. <laughs> Live at peace. with it. It's up to me. It's my part, right? 
Can you believe how much we could change a community for Jesus if we would just believe the best in people? As for me, I can't control everybody else, but I'm going to speak blessing. I'm going to focus on the good, not the bad. I'm going to call out the goodness of God in their life. See, when you honor others, this is so close to the heart of God. God did this for us. He honored us. And so when we start honoring others, it unlocks something in our life, a blessing. But we don't honor people because we're trying to get a blessing. We honor them because we see the goodness, the value that God placed on their life. That same person that you hate, that same person you dislike, that same person who didn't vote like you or look like you or grow up next to you, that same person Jesus died for just as much as he did you. He gave the same price for them as he did you. And I got to remember how Jesus invests in people. This is how we invest. I want to buy a house. That house is $200,000. I go, all right, I'll offer you $150,000. And hopefully they'll come down and we'll get that for the lowest price possible. But Jesus comes in, sees that house and says, All right, I'll offer you 10 million for that house. We're like, that makes no sense. Yeah, that's the way Jesus loves. He went all in for you and I. Long before we went all in for him, he went all in for us. He loved us before we loved him. He served us before we served him. He surrendered to the cross long before we surrendered to him. For us, out of love. So he wants us to see the value in people. That's how you, that's how you do it. I see the value in people. God, you, you die for that person. That same person who is living the total opposite of what your word says. God, you died for them. And I don't know what's going to happen in their future. I don't agree with everything they do in their lifestyle. But it isn't amazing. They didn't ask me my opinion. But I know one thing. I can love them. I can love them. And there's been many people over the years that I walked in and I loved on. Just nice to. The cashier that everybody else hurries through. The, the waiter or waitress that everybody else stiffs on the tip because they're having a bad day person who is in HR and they're getting yelled at by everybody. Come on now. We, we have all these things, people we come in contact with every day. And when you stop and just honor people, believe that maybe the reason why they're not keeping my table up like they should is they just got slammed. And there's probably two people who showed up for work and they got this whole thing divided in half and they're trying to do the best they can. That's all they're doing. Well, when I was here three years ago, I got the best service. Yeah, and they had 15 people working too. Now we got people not showing up for work and we got those who are showing up getting yelled at because they're not doing the job of 10 people. Just have a little sympathy for people. Just treat them with respect. You're going to give 10%, 15%? How about you do up to 25% today? Oh, I can't afford well, I'm just telling you, you live a life of honoring people, it comes back to you. We learn to see the value in people. When Jesus was teaching in his hometown, it says that he, he couldn't do anything there because people didn't value him, didn't honor him. Look at this story of Matthew 13, verse 54. Jesus returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed. They said, where does this guy get this wisdom from and the power to do miracles? And they scoffed. See, they, they, they didn't like, they weren't like humbled. They were like snooty about it. He's just the carpenter's son. 
And we know Mary, his mother, and you went to school with a brother. Though, aren't you friends of Facebook on these guys? You know James and Yeah, you follow John, Joseph and Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. And all his sisters live right here among us all. We go to school with all the, We went to school with this whole family. We know him. Where did he learn all of these things from? And they were deeply offended. And they refused to believe him. And then Jesus told them, a, a prophet is not honored everywhere. Except, he's honored pretty much everywhere he goes except for in his own hometown and among his own people and own, own family. So he did only just a few, if you go back and study this word out, a few miracles, it's like a few minor things, like healed a headache, maybe help someone's arthritis in the thumb, you know, nothing really big. But he was there, it says that he, he did not do because of their unbelief, which tells us that he had intended on releasing some major miracles. He wanted to release a, a blessing. A full fold. If you look in scripture, we see where he has a full fold blessing for the believers and he wants to give it to us. And there's sometimes you see a partial blessing that comes to those. And then you see those who receive no blessing. I can back that up through another message all through scripture. There's full blessings, partial blessings, and those who receive no blessing according to their honor, according to their obedience, and according to their faith. And because they could not honor Jesus, they're like, who's this guy? We went to school with him. <laughs> No, 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 we're not going to, we're not going to acknowledge you as a son of God. No way. You installed my mom's cabinets like three years ago. No way, dude. No stinking way. I went to school with your sister. She was a big partier. There's no way. The Messiah came from your family. I got pictures to prove it. Go back and look. I posted a memory from three years ago. No way. And it says because of their lack of honor that Jesus could just do a little bit of blessing. What signifies this, if they had honored him, he would have unlocked and did major, major blessing in that city. He wanted to bring revival to Nazareth. He wanted to bring the spirit of the living. It's his hometown. He wanted to bring the fullness of the, of the return of God. He wanted to bring the fullness of the spiritual kingdom to the Nazareth. He was wanting to, desiring to do that. But he didn't because they would not honor. See, when you honor, you cultivate a relationship that allows the Holy Spirit, that allows God to bless you beyond belief today. It allows God to bless you where you're at. Do you really see the value? Let me ask you this today. Do you really see the value in people? Do you see the value in the waitress or waiter? Do you see the value in the poor and the homeless? Do you see the value in the person working the bar? Do you see the value in the person who's not the same color of skin as you? Do you see value in a person who doesn't have a higher education degree? Do you see the value in the person who was born on the other side of the tracks as you? Do you see the value in the person who doesn't live at a poverty level? Do you see the value of the person who lives at a high level? Do you see the value in the person who doesn't believe the word of God? Do you see the value? Jesus did and he still does. This is what you got to remember and remind yourself. Jesus still sees value in them. That's why I've got to learn to see the best in them as well. Hold on to the, to the good. I don't like the bad. I hate, I hate that about you. But I'm going to choose to focus in on the good parts about you. I'm going to look at your heart. I'm going to look at your work ethic. I'm going to look at what you, the good you've done for the community. I'm going to look at different things and get behind you. 
Bible teaches us this. Look, the Bible teaches us to honor. And it gives us several things in the scripture. Here's just a handful of the things God says we should honor. And I can give you multiple, multiple scriptures for all these. But I've given you at least one scripture for each one, just so you can go back and look up on your own. The Bible says we're supposed to honor our parents, right? Any parents say amen in the house today? Come on now, amen. Amen, amen. My kids listen today. My mom and dad are listening online saying, are you listening, son? <laughs> I'll get a phone call, believe me, after the sermon. Honor your parents. He promises a blessing for those who honor their parents. Children, honor their parents. Parents, honor your children. Right, it goes both ways. But children, you honor your parents. It says if you honor your parents, even when you don't agree with them, even when you're upset at them, if you honor them, God's going to elevate you. I'm going to show you this in a minute. God's going to bless you. God will bless you even when your parents are wrong and you honor them. He still gives blessing to you. It says we're to honor the elderly, those who are our elders, those who are gray of hair, those who lived a long time now. He says we're supposed to bring honor to these people. How many people have paved the way for us and we just treat people like they're invisible because they've gotten older? Listen, no. As the servant of God, as a people of God, we are to honor the older generation. Thank you for serving for us. Thank you for giving your life in the military for us. Thank you for working the jobs and blue-collar factories and making sure we had meals and delivery services and mails, all these things. Thank you for raising and helping us raise our children. Thank you. But it's sad to say that we don't teach our children how to honor the old anymore. That they'll run by them and push them over to get to what they want. Don't even see them as viable. It's important you slow them down and say, listen, you see that person over there? That person's put in a lot of years <laughs> doing good things for you and for this community. And teach them. How as a kid, my parents taught me, you got you to gotta honor if we were in a restaurant or wherever we were and there was not enough seats and an elderly person walked in, man or woman, either one, my dad would hit me up, get up out of that chair and give that person your seat. I'm like, why don't you do it, dad? He goes, you're younger than mine, get up. Get up, why? Because I'm honoring. No, man, you take the, I'm strong. I know you're strong, but sit down right here, man. Have my seat. I'm, let me pull over. I'll help you change that tire. You know, you're too old to be changing that tire by yourself out in that heat. Let me help you. Oh, I see your yard's getting out of hand. Can I, can I send my boy over and help him mow your yard this summer? Come on, let me help you a little bit. I see you haven't gotten this taken care of. Can I help? Look out for each other. Honor, 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 honor. We're supposed to honor the elderly. We honor them. Come on now, let's give our elderly a hand today. We honor you today. We thank you today. Bible says, husbands, honor your wife. Wives, honor your husbands. Why? Because it will save your marriage. When you live in a place where you're honoring them, when you're seeing the good in them, focusing upon the good, not the bad. If you focus on every bad thing they do, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. But when you focus even on the one good thing, I know, come on, you treat, you honor him like a, like a king, he'll rise up to a king's status and treat you like a queen when you do that. Come on now, let's honor each other. Honor our spouses. Honor those in authority over us. This is a broad net, but it means exactly who you don't want it to mean. You mean I gotta honor him? Yeah, you gotta honor him too. I gotta honor her? Yeah, you gotta honor her too. 
Don't have to like them. Don't have to like policy. Don't have to vote for them next time. But when they're in office, I got to be careful that the only thing coming out of my mouth is negative and de-honoring that I am putting a curse. According to scripture, I am putting a curse on myself. That's what the Bible says. Cursed is the man who doesn't honor those in authority over him. So I got to say, I'm not going to live under a curse. I've got to reverse that around. And even though I don't care for them, I'm going to do my best in a godly way to honor them. I'm going to do my best to speak honor and authority with my government officials, with those in my local area government officials. So I'm going to do the same. Those in authority over me, the civil authority, the back, we back our men and women of the blue. Amen. Come on. Now let's give it up for those that are putting their life on the line for us. Well, I saw a video online where there's abuse. Yeah, there's abuse. There's abuse in the church. There's abuse in the White House. There's abuse in Congress. There's abuse in the blue. There's abuse in your school teacher systems. There's abuse in past. There's abuse everywhere. But come on now. We can't put, because we see a minute people getting in trouble, that we put that on everybody else. Most are willing to lay their life down for you. You think that lady serving, teaching for 20 years is doing it because of the paycheck? Come on now. She's doing it because she's called to speak life into your children and to raise them up. <laughs> honor, honor. Just, just send that apple. Come on now. Send, send that Sonic gift card and let them know. Here's a, here's a Route 44 on me this week. Let them know you appreciate the effort. They get very few thank yous. And usually all they hear every day is the bad, the bad, the bad, bad. Speak life, speak life and to those in authority. Come on now. Students, obey your parents. Honor your parents. Students, honor those in authority over you and you'll walk blessed, I'm telling you. And the Bible says we honor one another, others. Honor each other. Noble concept, right? But that's what, listen, if you're living for Jesus today, I got news for you. He has called you and I to live at a higher level than the world lives at. We have too many Christians going around giving Jesus a bad name because you're living down here instead of living where he's called us to live. Listen, we're called to live differently. Why? Look at this next list. This is why. Because when you live a life of honoring others, number one, it unlocks a blessing both on earth and in heaven. We have riches being stored for us on earth and in heaven. We have earthly blessings and some blessings we won't get to until we get to heaven. But they come through honor. Honor unlocks the blessings. When I honor the Lord, come on now, I honor the Lord, I unlock a blessing here on earth and in heaven. When I honor others in authority and other people in my life, I'm unlocking blessing in my life. When I honor my spouse, it means I'll have a healthy marriage. Yes, I'm honoring them. They're hard to honor. I get it. You're not easy either. Come on now. It's hard sometimes, but when you do it, it unlocks blessing. It unlocks promotion. You walk in honoring your boss this week. Who do you think he's going to want to promote? The person who's honoring him and the company? Or the person who's always talking bad about him online, behind his back, the text messages, that group text that nobody else knows about that you guys started in this company, you know what I'm talking about? Where everybody gripes about the boss? Okay, I guess that's, that's, okay, I guess that's just one, your neighbor, not you. All right. You think he's going to honor that? Or is he going to honor the person who can be trustworthy? 
who has the best interest of the company at hand. See, when you, when you honor, you just show honor. It's so uncommon that when you show honor, it elevates you. People look at you as a wise person. They look at you as a person who's walking in favor. They look at you as a person who's smart. Listen, they, this sets you apart when you live in a place of So many people don't do it that when you do do it, I'm telling you, it will lift you up to a higher place. You'll be promoted when nobody else is. Been there, done that. I've lived this out, I'm telling you. It's because of my honoring spirit. Respect. Respecting people. When you respect the waitress, when you respect the officers, when you respect those who are working for your children and over teaching your children, when you respect the administration, when you respect, show respect to your coworkers and you show respect to your boss. All of a sudden you're getting respect backed. You respect your children. Notice how they respect you back. You respect your spouse and all of a sudden you're getting respect back. It's just what happens. You give away respect. You start honoring people. All of a sudden you're getting respect back. And then number five, you'll get favor. You'll find yourself getting that promotion. You'll find yourself getting free desserts at your favorite restaurant. I'm telling you, it happens. Many places we go into and because I waited tables a little bit in college. I understand the mindset of the waitress and the waitress. And I always try to do my best to do the best tip I can. Many times I leave 25%. Sometimes I leave a half, 50%. I just try to do my best. I don't, I know sometimes it's tough, but I just do the very best I can. Take time to call them by name. Well, how do you know their name? Usually they have a name tag, just so you know. So just call them out by name first name and they just smile at you oh thanks for respect thanks for acknowledging my name and the next thing you do when you come back you do that a few times you come back in that restaurant watch what happens people be fighting to wait your table no i got them no i got them no i wanted them they're in my section People be fighting over you oh don't worry about it we're gonna bring this I'm, I'm giving you my dessert today you get it this is i'm competent off mine today you're like yes lord why because you're dishonoring people it gives you favor you're reaching people. You don't know who you're reaching in the line, the cashier in the line, the waiter, the waitress, the business owner, the officer you stop and thank for his service to our community, the military you stop and say, thank you for serving our country. My little boy wants to come up. He wants to shake your hand and he, he tells you, thank you for serving. Yeah, those mean a lot and they unlock favor. They unlock favor, the blessing of the Lord. It doesn't take a lot, but you get there. Can I close with one more? story today and I'll let you go several years ago I went to Brazil to do a missions trip there and while I was there I, I ministered at a small village a church and I had a, about a dozen pastors that were with me and these pastors pastored many of them pastored several large churches I went on that weekend and I after ministering down the village I went to their churches and ministered and like I'd preach one service they have two services going on like 1500 here and 1800 here and I'd preach at this service and they put me in the car and I go right across town and get out of the car and go right into preaching I mean they were doing praise and worship waiting on me to get there and I'd walk right in and preach a second message and we stopped at this small church along the village before we got on to the river and there was a young pastor there he had just taken over about a year and you could fit this whole church inside the top of the stage Small church, there was probably 30 of us there that night. That was including about 15 people from the ministry team. So there was about 15 people from the church and about 15 of us there. And we did a, 
a small service there and enjoyed. We were praying for people. And, and some of these pastors were like, this is so-and-so. And they named my name. It was like, kind of rolled their eyes, you know, like, He's got a lot of vision, you know, and he'd tell you about how they're going to have 2,000 people in 10 years, and we're going to do this, and they're going to do that. And he was always, they say, he's always running his mouth, you know, he's, he's a real short guy, and he's got, he's just always running his mouth. So as I finished up my ministry time at night, the Lord spoke to me to pray for him. And so I'm praying for him. I, there was no AC, and it's in Brazil, so humidity is just like bad. So I, I drenched through my shirt underneath, and I had another overshirt. I unbuttoned that over shirt out and I took it. I kneeled down before him. Just began to wash his shoes off and his feet with my shirt that I wore in. I gave that shirt to one of the young pastors that was with me that night. I was like, hey, take us home and wash it. And it's yours, it's yours, buddy. He had complimented on me before I ministered. And this guy began to cry, and I just, he belt down in kind of like a fetal position, just crying before the Lord. And I had the translators come over and help me, and I said, just tell him I see the spirit of David upon him. For him not to listen to any negative people in his life, that God had placed him in for an hour such as this, that God was going to cause his dreams to come to pass, not to give up, to work hard. And he just cried and cried and cried. I just tell you this story because we're one that guy just gave us, just gave a shirt to I found out later he went home and slept with that shirt for three days straight before he ever washed it. He said, God, give me the anointing of Pastor Gene. God, I want to do the ministry. Now, many of you know him as Aldaye. Now he's reaching several thousand people up and down Brazil. I'm just telling you, sometimes the smallest things when you honor people. I went back several years later, about six years later, I went. I said, Pastor Gene, this pastor has requested for you to come back. He wants to talk to you again. Which one? Yeah, the one, yeah. So I went back before we got on the boat. We went to him. He had a special service that night called and asked me to come and preach. So I showed up. I'm like, this ain't the same church I was at before. What is this? I walked in and brick by brick, they had built this massive auditorium about twice the size of this auditorium. And they had the place packed up and they had built it brick by brick. They had been buying little houses here and a little corner here. And slowly, big brick by brick, they're expanding the auditorium. They had it full of people that night. And he stood there proud that night, like a, like a general ready, you know, like I was a general important. He, he came to Pastor Gene, come here. Come here, I'm going to talk to you. He goes, you see all this? He goes, you remember where we started that five, six years ago? Yeah, yeah. He goes, you were the only one who believed in me. You were the only one who spoke that I could do it and said that you believed in me and prayed over me that God would do it. Everybody else laughed at me. Everybody else thought I was a short man with a big eagle, and they made fun of me. He goes, but you spoke over me and prayed over me, and I believe, and because of that, God has done what he's done in this city. Because of you, your words, you spoke over me. Like, wow. Humbles you when you realize that I just, I just spoke a few words, just said a prayer, just obedient to the Holy Spirit. It was nothing extravagant that I did. I just believed in somebody just pray the prayer speaking over them when nobody else would you never know what words you say in your classroom on your job in your ministry in your neighborhood in your family over your own children you never know what words you say will call new life call out the goodness in their life and make a world's difference in somebody's life destiny church can we be these people can we be god's hands and feet and say yes about you today you raise that man